are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Middle of the week, this today we're going to be looking at Rashad White's stats against the Pac-12 running backs. Where does he stack up? Rushing yards, receiving yards, total scrimmage yards. We know he's been great this year, but how does he compare to his peers? We discussed yesterday that Mark Spagley has a knee injury. Let's take a look at how substantial that could be for the Sun Devils going forward. Then we're also going to discuss the best and worst case scenarios for the Sun Devil football team with the remaining two games on their schedule. If we haven't told you before, we are on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have a Twitter page for the Locked on Sun Devils, uh, so make sure to follow that as well. That's going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday. Make sure to, to, to subscribe and never miss any of our content. Uh, it's going to be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Wednesday edition of the podcast, middle of the week. We are in between games at this point. Sun Devils got a game coming up against San Diego State tomorrow, which we'll do a preview for. Uh, and Sun Devils also have a game against Oregon State this weekend, which we will preview later this week as well. But Richie, happy hump day. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good. That, uh, that Spider-Man trailer that came out last night has me super duper jazzed and at the time of recording this, I can tell you that like my mind is just racing, and I'm so excited, and I'm going to settle down, and I'm going to channel that en- energy into this podcast. We probably have some Sunday fans that are Marvel fans, I, w- I would think, right? Um, I-, I don't know. Does a bear live in the woods? I believe they do. Anyways, on to Rashad White. So we know he's been phenomenal this year, but how phenomenal has he been? So if we look at just the rushing yards this year, Rashad White comes in at third on the season in terms of total yards by sorry in terms of rushing yards for Pac-12 running backs. Ahead of him is B.J. Baylor for Oregon State, who we faced this week. Uh, he's got 1,050 rushing yards on the season. Then we have Travis Dye coming in at second, who I don't know if you ever watched him, but Travis Dye, super good running back, super good. Can't wait to watch him in the NFL. Oregon and good running backs. Name a better combo. They do have a ton of legends like Legarrette Blunt. Uh, but he comes in at... I, I know you didn't just highlight LeGarrette Blunt as, as the guy for That's Oregon. the only one from Oregon. Uh, he comes in at, at second on the season with 908 rushing yards. Then we have our boy Rashad White coming in at 869. So just, just a little bit behind. Even though he's third for rushing yards in the Pac-12, uh, he's tied for total rushing touchdowns in the Pac-12. So the two guys ahead of him, both Baylor and I, have 12 in the year, which is very respectable. But Rashad White has 14 rushing touchdowns in the season. 14 tied for tape uh, for first in the Pac-12 with Tavion Thomas. I mean, we we can talk all day about how great Rashad White is, but when you put it into perspective against what he's done in the conference, I mean, you can make an argument that he is the best running back in the Pac-12. I mean, we could honestly say he's one of the best running backs in the nation with everything that he's done. And again, we, we pointed this, at, this out before, but Rashad didn't play against Washington State, even though he was listed as a starter. He wasn't out there. If he has that game, Connor, he's with the way that he's played. This dude is a thousand yard rec- or not receiver, a thousand yard runner, 
probably closer to 400 receiving yards at this point. He's got 15 touchdowns. I would bet that he has closer to 17 or 18. I mean, the, the numbers that he has with a whole game missing is ridiculous, especially because the Sun Devils have now made him the bell cow, and he's thriving in that role. So I would tell you probably the best running back in the Pac-12. I don't know if I'd say hands down because, I mean, Travis Dye has been an absolute beast. But I would I would tell you that if if it's not Dye, it's Rashad White, and it's not relatively close because he – he does everything for you, and the, the numbers back it up. And if you if you watch him play, you know that Rashad White is a real deal. I'm going to steal 30 more seconds from you, then we'll get back to the topic on hand. We're going to play a lot of these games, especially as we approach the draft. Rashad White, I'll throw it out as the 11 and a half running back off the board. You taking that? Uh, I I would take him to be off the board way before that. Yeah, top 12 running back for sure. In in the draft? Yes, this season. Like draft prospect. Um, more so where he's going to get picked. So we can say all day whether he's a better prospect than someone else, but sometimes that doesn't work out. Like the Eno Benjamin thing. Sure, 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 sure. So, um, so just off the top of my head, and we'll get right back on topic, I promise. But off the top of my head, you would take Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall. Um, Walker. Uh, Ken, is not Kenneth Walker. It is Kenneth Walker, right? Yeah, Kenneth Walker. Um, uh, Ky- Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. Did, did you already say Spiller or no? I did say Isaiah Spiller. It's the first guy I named. And there's a few other guys in there, too, that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But definitely those four ahead of Rashad. Um, Again, there's some guys I can't think of. Maybe Brian Robinson from Alabama. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not the the biggest Brian Robinson guy in the whole world. There's a big name that I'm not remembering, and it's going to come to me later on in the podcast. So when I randomly shout a name, just know it's because I, I... finally remembered the running back I was trying to think of. I hope it's in the second segment on the Friday edition of the Locked On Son of Us podcast, and only our true listeners will understand what we're talking about. So, uh, just just a, a fun line, but getting back to it at hand, uh, the topic at hand is to say, Rashad White, third in the conference in rushing yards. If we're going to compare total scrimmage yards, that's rushing plus receiving, Travis Dye uh, has 908 on the ground and then 302 through the air, which comes in at 1210 total for the season. And he's got two receiving touchdowns. So that puts him one touchdown uh, behind Rashad. Rashad White, on the other hand, has 869, as we had mentioned before on the ground, but he's got 339 through the air, which actually comes up just two yards short of Travis Dye. Uh, but he's got one extra touchdown. Tyler Algier. Uh, oh, yeah. Big duh. Big duh. Algier's a stud. Oh, what about uh, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn? Is he eligible? Deuce Vaughn is eligible, yes. Okay, so anyways, um, so he's two uh, scrimmage yards behind Travis Dye, which at this point is pretty negligible. Plus, we already talked about the fact that Rashad White didn't play a whole game. Uh, but the fact that at the beginning of the season, Richie, would you have been terribly surprised if we said that uh, Rashad White and Travis Dye are going to be comparable? Because we only got four games of Rashad last season. That was it. While he was very good, led us in rushing and receiving yards, it wasn't this huge sample, and we knew who uh, Travis Dye was coming into the season. So I would say yes, but let... Let me preface this. I would say yes because neither of them were supposed to be the lead backs and the bell cow guys. You you had Chip Trianum and Rashad White teamed up with each other. That was we assumed that would be closer to a 50 flip 50-50 split. And then with Travis Dye, CJ Verdell was there. I forgot about like Verdell. The stud, first of all, he is draft eligible for what it's worth. But CJ Verdell was the guy, and Travis Dye was the backup. And 
Verdell goes down with an injury and Ship doesn't end up playing up to his skill. So Travis Dye and Rashad White become the feature faces of their backfields. They just so happen to both be thriving in those roles. So you ask me preseason if I think they would be comparable, I would say yes, but not even remotely close to the way we're talking about them right now as dudes who are going to duke it out for Pac-12, uh, first-team Pac-12 arms. Absolutely. So, But for the fact that Rashad White is leading the Pac-12, I think, in total scrimmage yards, uh, as far as running back goes, I know we had mentioned Tavion Thomas. I'm looking this up as we speak. So he's got 14 as well, tied with Rashad. Uh, through the air, he also, no, he doesn't have any, any receiving touchdowns. So Rashad White has sole possession of scrimmage touchdowns. Uh, I would even bet for the entire Pac-12, including all skill players. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head that would have more. So let that sink in. Rashad White, I believe, leads the entire Pac-12 in touchdowns for skill players. That's crazy. Uh, 15. So if it's not if it's not him, then I have no idea who it would be. But yeah, 14 rushing, one receiving. And I mean, it's not like a fluke receiving touchdown either. He's got almost 10 yards of catch as a receiver. He ends up being like, third on the Sun Devils in receiving yards, only behind Pearsall and Hodges. So, I mean, Rashad has proven to be a great receiver. And, yeah, like I said, that that receiving touchdown is not a fluke. I'm shocked it's not more than one. Truly. Agreed. I I think I even had a a bold prediction. I think it was this last week, maybe this week before, where I said that Rashad would get one through the air and on the ground. And even though he has one through the season, uh, it's not like I was incredibly surprised that that would have happened just because – He's been so useful as the receiving running back, or at least just a receiver in general. Uh, Last season through four games, he led the Sun Devils in receiving yards altogether. And honestly, for the first probably like three, four games, he might have been your leader, or at least was like second on the team, sometimes first in the team. Like he was clearly each and every week utilized in that passing game. So I think once Chip came back, they utilized him a little bit less, but still utilized as a receiver nonetheless. So Rashad White, definitely one of the best running backs in the Pac-12. Not that's news. But looking at some of the numbers, uh, he's basically up there for total scrimmage yards, just two yards off Travis Dye. Uh, Where they'll finish in the last two games, I think I would be willing to bet that Rashad White's going to lead the Pac-12 in total scrimmage yards and scrimmage touchdowns, which is just bonkers to say. Well, and you'll have to take into account if they have any extra games because Oregon is going to go to the Pac-12 championship game and Arizona State is not guaranteed. So if that's the case, then Dye would end up getting a 13th game. I know that in the grand scheme of things, if we look back on this afterwards, you're not going to like totally knock Rashad for that. But I would much rather look at it as the same. I almost care more about what his per game stats are than just total, depending on whatever context you're talking about. Like if Rashad White played one game this year, but all he just went absolutely crazy. At that point, I don't care about his per game stats. But if he misses essentially what would be two two games less than Travis died potentially. Uh, at that point, I care much more about what he's doing on a per-game basis. Well, here's hoping that both of them get 13 games. and Well, I mean, they're both Bill eligible. Here's hoping both of them get 14 games. Dilly dilly. So with that, we're going to take a look at Marcus Bagley and his knee injury coming up next. How is that going to impact the Sun Devils? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics. Have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? If not, let me tell you. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you're going to love it too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the whole world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even to interceptions thrown. 
Here's the best part. I have a promo code for you. The promo code is locked on. When you use it, you will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All you got to use is that promo code locked on. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. The best part, it's just you versus projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entry, so you can take the over-under on LeBron James and combine it with the over-under on Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals too, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Remember to use that promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. PricePix, daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to the second segment for this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Son of Us podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Marcus Bagley, pretty good basketball player, or at least pretty pretty good for the Sun Devils. Yeet. He left after just a few minutes left. I think it was in the first half, played nine about nine minutes uh, in the first half in the game yesterday. He's got a knee injury, and, and there's not really a whole lot of context to it. Bobby Hurley had talked after the game, really just saying that he was concerned about the knee. So if if he's concerned and we don't really have a whole lot of details left, like it kind of leaves me spiraling right now. Like ASU cannot compete without Marcus Bagley and their team. They haven't looked incredibly sharp through the first couple games, but I know without him, it would only get worse. So Bagley did not make an appearance in the second half just because they chose to rest him, depending on what's going on with his knee. Uh, obviously trying to keep him out for the short term rather than the long term. But he also missed time in the preseason. If he's... If he's going to continue to miss time, this is going to be an issue uh, just for the Sun of us as a whole. He also only played in, I think, 12 games as a freshman and missed time due to injury. So Marcus Bagley has shown that he's not bulletproof so far the first couple games this season. But the Sun Devils absolutely need him to compete if they want to stay competitive in the Pac-12. Yeah, and I mean, the only bright side right now is you're playing San Diego State on Thursday. So at the time of this podcast, he will still have a full day to recover, potentially play a little bit, maybe limited minutes if if he's not 100%, or you can just rest him, because after Thursday's game, the Sun Devils don't play again until next Wednesday against number 9 Baylor. And preferably, I would like to have Bagley as healthy as possible for that game, considering he is probably your best player. Hurley also did use the words minor setback, just because he's been dealing with the knee, as I mentioned, in the preseason as well. I just, if he's already having issues so far in the preseason and through three games, I'm I'm very pessimistic on what it, the rest of his season looks like. But until the Sun Devils start confirming that they're going to hold him out for longer periods of time, I, I guess I shouldn't be. Uh, but it really just seems like they're taking a day-by-day approach. So if they're going to lose Marcus Bagley, they still have some firepower. They've had guys like Kamani Lawrence really step up this year, who they've been relying on, uh, as well as some other players um, that have kind of come sporadically throughout these first three games. It doesn't really seem like there's... Uh, a ton of continuity yet as far as like maybe a pecking order or hierarchy. I'd like to see DJ Horn more because he's been a really good shooter for us. Definitely agree. If you can get Horn back up in the lineup or at least get him some more minutes, that would be good to see. Um, so, but as you mentioned, they have SDSU tomorrow and they don't play again until I think it's, you said the following Wednesday, right? The following Wednesday, a whole week. And so, I, I double, triple check that because I couldn't believe it. So they, they do get a nice little break in there, which is going to be good timing for Marcus Bagley, but if they have another setback after that, they might not be given this kind of like little grace period to get him back and healthy in the lineup. I just think they need to do their due diligence on this. And if they need to hold him out against SDSU, 
Do what you got to do. Because if you get all that time off and, and you're giving him that time to recuperate, that's great. If he re-aggravates anything during that game, yes, you have that time off, but you don't want to re-aggravate his knee any more than it's already been done. The important thing when it comes to injuries is making sure that you're not rushing guys back onto the court in, in this instance. It's just really important that you're at full strength for the remainder of the year and you're not stressing out about a San Diego State who, I mean, they're one-on-one one on the year and I know they've been competitive over the last few years, but maybe this isn't the year that we need to be overly stressed out about them. And I'm not saying it's an easy win by any stretch. The ASU's basketball team has proven that there are no easy wins this year at all. But maybe you maybe you don't take San Diego State as seriously as you're going to take a number nine Baylor that you play next Wednesday. So maybe, maybe you just kind of weigh your options and pick the lesser of two evils and say, okay, well, we're going to sit, we're going to sit uh, Marcus Bagley and potentially lose this game against San Diego State. But at least next week against Baylor, we might have a chance to be competitive because if we're being honest, Baylor should beat us by 20. The spreads that they've been giving Arizona State should be the spread that Baylor has against us. They are uncoverable is what they are. There you go. So that that's my take. You just need to you need to be able to manage your injuries in a very smart and tactful way. Don't rush guys back when they're not ready to go. That's the absolute worst thing that you could do. And as much as I would love to see Marcus Bagley play on Thursday night to help make sure that we get that win against the Aztecs, if it means having him healthy for not even just a Baylor game, Connor, for the remainder of the year, because we're getting into Pac-12 play pretty shortly too. It just... I, I want Bagley as close to 100% as possible. Unfortunately, I don't know if 100% is attainable because he did have injuries last year. He was banged up in the preseason. This seems like it's going to be a recurring trend. But if I can have Bagley at 90% for the remainder of the year, for 70% for... for That's uh, a lot of math. I'm, I'm, that, I'm an Arizona State grad. I can do math, Connor. Not very well, but I can do math. Anyways, yeah. So I, I, would, I would rather have him as close to 100% as possible for the remainder of the year if that means setting him in this game. Agreed. Uh, you got to think of the, the bigger picture. Um, if you are willing to win one game against the Aztecs versus sacrificing Bagley for the rest of the season, clearly it's not worth it. Does holding him out for this game guarantee that he's going to be healthy? No. No, it doesn't. But does it give him a better chance? You would like to think so. So we'll see how that goes. If they do play him, we can obviously monitor his usage uh, through the first couple games of the season. Uh, Bagley is averaging like just over 29 minutes. Uh, I think he's averaging like 15 points per game on like 45% shooting. So depending on how many minutes he plays, if he does, or even in the, the next couple games, even if he is getting healthier, but they're still trying to, to slow play everything and they're cutting his minutes down to like 15, 15 plus, uh, obviously that would show Bagley is not 100% of what he could be. So we'll continue to monitor that over the next couple games. Come back for the third and final segment of a Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Sunnables podcast. We're going to be talking about the best and worst case scenarios for the remaining two games on their schedule. You're listening to the Lockdown Sunnables podcast. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on the backswing, your hat falls off over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. 
With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. In fact, 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control over upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses are already using NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that is netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and if you haven't tried it by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars, they're chalky, they're waxy, they're just plain hard to choke down. But a Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low in calorie, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three to four days. So be sure to check their website often because you don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back for the third and final segment of the Locks on Sunday's podcast, Wednesday edition. Now we're going to be talking about the best and worst case scenarios for the remaining two games of this season. And what do I mean? Best case scenarios obviously is winning both games. Worst case scenarios is losing both those games. Well, what does that mean? If you win both those games, and again, as we alluded to on yesterday's podcast, uh, so make sure to go back and give that a listen. If Utah loses to Oregon, actually the Sun Devils will end up winning the Pac-12 South uh, getting them a game against the Oregon Ducks. That is best case scenario, which potentially, if they beat Oregon, uh, you'd be playing a really good bowl game. And even if even if you lose to Oregon, you win the Pac-12 South and you lose to Oregon, which I would say is almost expected, which would mean that Oregon's in uh, the college football championship more than likely, you could potentially play in a Rose Bowl, if not still a really, really good bowl game. So the best case scenario, obviously, would be winning out, including winning the Pac-12 championship, it only gets you to the Rose Bowl because they're, you're not putting a three-loss team in a college football playoff. You're not. But that puts you in the Rose Bowl. Heck, it could put you potentially in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, just just depending on how everything shakes up because with the way the playoff works, it just it makes everything so weird. But you will get into a BCS Bowl. Let, let's just let's say that instead of saying Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, uh, uh, whatever. It, it's all, they're all BCS Bowls. They're all New Year's Six Bowl games. If you win out, including the Pac-12 championship, you are going guaranteed to a New Year's Six Bowl game, 100%. And more than likely, that would end up being the Rose Bowl because typically your Pac-12 champion goes to the Rose Bowl. It's Pac-12 champ versus Big Ten champ. And obviously, Big Ten champ, probably Ohio State, is going to go to the playoff. So that would mean you play their runner-up which could be in Michigan State, that would be a lot of fun. For Michigan State? No, for us. Dude, and you can't tell me you wouldn't sell tickets on Rashad White versus Kenneth Walker. You, regardless of what you think the outcome would be, the fact that ASU would be in that kind of a situation, getting that kind of exposure, would do wonders for this program, considering the, the potential danger that they face uh, as far as players leaving, uh, recruits coming in, things of that nature. So 
getting that kind of national exposure and saying, oh, ASU is doing really good things in the Pac-12, even though we didn't hear a ton about them this year, being on the East Coast or, or maybe just being so hyper-focused on like one of the bigger schools, such as Oregon, being in the college football playoffs. But that would do such great things for ASU long-term uh, as well as the short-term. Well, the, unfortunately, that that's the absolute best-case scenario. And the worst case... We don't talk about that. Well, I guess we have to we, on the podcast. We, we but have to. And it, it is not great, Connor. The worst case is you lose your last two games. That sinks you to a 7-5 and five record. One of those would be to gulp Arizona. Yeah, exactly. The, the school that shall not be named. And that not only is it worst case to lose out, it's worst case to get to lose to a team with one win at home in Tempe. And I don't care if you lose by 30 or you lose by one. You lose that game, that is a huge blow to any confidence you have. And that you lose that game, Connor, that might get people fired. Truly. You do get a, a fun consolation prize. Do you want to know what it is? Is it the Sun Devil Bowl? You get to play in the Sun Devil Bowl! A.K.A. the Sun Bowl. <laughs> Which, it's not trademarked, but it might as well be trademarked. So We go there like every other year, it feels like. Just because you're playing in a bowl game at that point, I don't even Who think cares? ASU fans would even care about that game. I mean, seriously, like some would. It's not that I, I wouldn't watch that game, but considering the potential that you still have with two, maybe three games left this season, that's it. Two to three games before you would play it in that bowl game. Your range of outcomes is still dramatic. No, it's not going to be in the college football playoffs. But if you can play in potentially one of the, the better bowl games of the season versus playing in a, a who-gives-a-crap bowl, that's that's a major difference. As I had alluded to with Herm Edwards and company, uh, Richie, you had just said that could potentially get people fired. I wouldn't hate it if that kind of decision came down. I, there's no reason for you to finish necessarily that bad, uh, especially for the expectations that were set on this team for the last year, year to two years, and for you to accomplish almost nothing would just be a, a terrible, terrible state for the Sun Devils team. And actions would need to be taken some way or another, and you can't necessarily fire the players. Well, no, and here, here's another thing to think about. If you only go to a crappy bowl game, you have a lot of draft-eligible guys. A lot of those guys might just say, it's not worth my health to play yep. in, in a crappy game like this. I, like a Rashad White, I guarantee you go to the Sun Bowl, no way Rashad White would play that game. He's looking like a top 100 player right now. And you could get other guys, a Darian Butler, a Kellen Deesh, a Tyler Johnson, a Jack Jones, guys who look like they're draft, draftable guys. I mean, short of having like major school pride, and if they did, then shout out to them. But if they didn't, no one's going to blame them. Because how many guys have we seen over the years playing worthless, meaningless bowl games and get injured? Like off the top of my head, the biggest one, Jalen Smith. Years ago, this is like the 2015 season because it was a 2016 draft. There was a linebacker out of Notre Dame named Jalen Smith. He was looking like a top five lock. He was one of the most talented linebacker prospects that the draft had seen since like Patrick Willis. He could literally do everything. Well, meaningless bowl game, he tears three of his ligaments and his meniscus. Nearly ends his football career. He still ends up being a second-round pick, but he's never the same. He gets a nice contract with the Cowboys, but... It, Again, never the same guy. He just if he if he doesn't play that meaningless bowl game, we he could be the best linebacker in football. And I know it's it's a game of what ifs and all that. But my main point, bringing it back to the Sun Devils, is you go to a meaningless bowl game, you're probably not going to have a lot of your stars playing, 
Heck, even Jaden might not want to play. And Jaden wouldn't even declare, more than likely. But why would you want to play in such a dumb game? Outside of pride for your school, I truly, Connor, I I don't get why players would play bowl games. They're meaningless. That's definitely a topic that can be heavily debated. Um, some people are, are very... That's very selfish, that player. Like, why aren't they playing in the bowl game? Like, they absolutely should be doing that to represent their school, X, Y, or Z. Whatever their reason is, when you're starting to talk about, like, millions of dollars in the line versus your health, dude, like, you see that in a lot of sports. It's not even just college football. Like, what about, uh, what about like, all-star games for several sports uh, that players just choose to not play in, right? Uh, it, to me, it's no different. So, another, another topic necessarily for another time, if... We do go to a, a meaningful bowl game, and even then a player decides to sit out. Can't really blame him. You're talking about some other player's wallet at that point, which you honestly shouldn't do. So, but again, best case scenario, we could be playing in one of the best bowl games this season. Worst case scenario, you lose out, you lose to Arizona, and this sets the program. Seriously, you, you honestly could set the program back potentially several years. You lose these two games, there's lack of confidence in the coaching staff. Uh, they get fired. You get a new coaching staff in, so you have to wait until their players come into the program, which could take potentially years. three years. Three years. Uh, you're dealing with potentially some of the, the backlash for uh, the recruiting things that they're going through. Uh, so you could you could potentially miss out on future bowl games as well. There's a lot of reasons to not come play at Arizona State in the next couple of years. So doing yourself every possible favor you can, like winning these two games, going to the Pac-12 championship, and playing one of the bigger bowl games would do wonders for you. Well, and that's not even to mention like the sanctions that might be coming down yep. with the COVID. I, I mean, seriously, as me and Connor have speculated, this could be huge or this could be super minuscule. There, I, I don't know what to expect. Are we just going to get fined a lot, maybe take a bowl game away from a year? Or are we going to lose scholarships? Are we going to lose a lot of eligibility? I have no idea what's going to happen with that. It depends on how serious the NCAA takes this, but... That's neither here nor there. The point is, you lose out, There, there's a huge ripple ripple effect, a domino effect, a butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it. A lot could happen if you lose out. And if you win out, same thing. A lot can happen. But it overall, entirely, the way that the Sun Devils end this 2021 season is going to affect the program for the next three years. I, w- I will tell you that. I think the next three years are going to come down to how the 2021 season ends for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Couldn't agree more. This was the Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have a Twitter page for the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure to subscribe for all of our content Monday through Friday. We now have the basketball season in full swing, so we've got football and basketball content going on simultaneously. Uh, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, or Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Now make sure to listen to Locked On Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You keep it locked right here on Locked On Sunnables Podcast.